today is the day where we think about, about love, because Tuesday is February the 14th, and on February the 14th, we think about Valentine's Day. And you know what? The world puts out Valentine's Day. That's okay, okay? We're going to focus on love. Why wouldn't we, right? It's a, it's a great day. And on Valentine's Day, we think about the people that we love. We care about the ones that we love. It's a good opportunity to tell the people that we love that we love them, that we love them. And uh, I trust you will do that. I decided to get a little smart and buy the flowers early this year, uh, just in case they ran out. So uh, I bought the ladies that I love uh, red roses. Okay, so Wendy got some uh, cut red roses, nice red ones uh, that are nice and big. And, and Mom, the lady that I love over here, uh, without her, chances are I wouldn't be here. So... Uh, uh, Somebody said, you know, if your parents didn't have children, chances are you won't have any either. So, so it's her fault, right? Uh, so we bought her a little red rose bush so she can attend the little red roses as well. And uh, trust that you will enjoy Valentine's Day. Take the opportunity to express your love to the people around you. I think it would be good, before we even read God's Word and, and discuss some, some important things about love today, that, that we would pray for the ones that we love. So if you're sitting with the person that you love, why don't you just reach out and take their hand? Why don't you just hold on there? Hopefully, yes, husband and wife, it's good, hold hands, no problem. If you're sitting with your children, they can hold as well. Let's just hold hands, and uh, I'm very aware, always on a time like this, that, that some of the ones we love, maybe your partner in life, like my mother, my dad's been gone for almost three years now, we miss him. We love him. Man, he was easy to love. Uh, we, and, and so my mom's missing. So, uh, you know, I, many of you, you're in the same boat today. We're going to pray for you as much as we're praying for the ones we love today. So let's just thank the Lord together. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are love. Your word tells us that without you, there's nothing. But you are love, and you express that love, and you've, you've created such a wonderful thing in, in, in our lives that we can have relationship with, with other people. And there's special ones that we love, special ones that are our husband or our wife, that special one that you bring into our lives that shares life with us and makes our life so much better. And through uh, the ones that we love, we're able to bring children into this world. What a wonderful thing that is. And Lord, right now, I pray for... Husbands and wives, pray for our husbands, pray for our wives, pray for the love that we share together. We pray, Holy Spirit, today that you will come and bind our hearts together in love in a greater way than we've ever experienced it. May the love that we have grow stronger. May it burn brighter, deeper in our hearts. May we love our husband or love our wife uh, the way that you created us to love. And Lord, let your love flow. On this Valentine's Day, we want to tell them that we love them. We appreciate them. We're so thankful for them in our lives. Uh, through the expressions, whether it's flowers or chocolate or perfume or whatever it is, Lord, let them know that we love them. And may the love that we have for them and the love that we experience from them, may it grow stronger in our lives together. 
Pray for our children as we're holding hands with them and our family. We think about our families today, wherever they are. Thank you for families. Thank you that you've put us in families. What a, what a great idea that was. Amazing that, that we're in a family. We'd do anything for our family. They're, they're the closest uh, people. They're part of us. And so we just ask you, Lord, today, wherever our family is, if they're here, thank you for that. Wherever they are around the world, would you reach out your arms of love and put them around them and under them today? Draw them close to you. Thank you for their lives. Thank you for what they mean to each one of us. Watch over them and protect them and pour out your blessing upon them in Jesus' name we pray. Lord, today for those that are here, that are listening, maybe online, uh, their loved one is no longer with them. It's not as happy an occasion today as, as it was before. Lord, I thank you for the love that we have enjoyed for the people that love us and that we've loved. Thank you for them. We bless them today. Uh, Lord, we, we, we look forward to seeing many of them in your presence soon and very soon. And until that day, Lord, let the memory of their love and what they mean to us and what we are able to pour out on them, may it be special in our lives. Lord, I pray for a special care by the Holy Spirit in each heart and life that is missing that special loved one today. Draw them close to you. Let them know that you are one that sticks close, that you love them. And that you pour out love every day upon them. May they sense that. And may they feel that as we celebrate the goodness of God in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. It's a day about love. It's a day about love. I want to talk to you about love today and what love means. And, and how love is so important in our lives. Do you know, many of us would think that our badge of identification as Pentecostal peoples, people that believe in the fullness of the Holy Spirit is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's very important. When you're a Christian, there are people that emphasize certain things. You know, there was people that, that, that felt that there needed to be more emphasis on being baptized in water. And so the Baptists focused primarily on that. And there's other people that, that focus a little bit more on, on how they work together and how their, their churches function and, and are organized. And so, uh, you know, those Methodist people, the, you know, they, 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 they got together because that's important to them. And, you know, when our forefathers were filled with the Holy Spirit, they felt that they wanted to emphasize that as well. And so that's why Pentecostal churches focus on the Holy Spirit. We believe in the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We, we, we practice it today. We thank the Holy Spirit for filling our lives and flowing through us. That the presence of Jesus works through us. And that the power of God is available today by the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But the most important distinction that we have is that we are Christians. That we are children of God. It doesn't matter so much what we emphasize or what other people don't emphasize, so we emphasize that. What matters most is that we are Christians. We are Christians. And Jesus had a little something to say about that. In, in John chapter 13, if you'll put it up for me, John chapter 13, Jesus said this, My children, I'll be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I've loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. 
Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I'm going you cannot follow, but you will follow later. I wanted to add that last little verse in there because of the context of it. Notice Jesus says, listen, these are some of the last things I'm ever going to tell you. I want you to focus on what's important right now. A new commandment. You've had the Ten Commandments. Don't stop them. But I want to give you a new commandment. Love one another. Love one another. Jesus felt it important enough to include it in some of the last words he spoke to the disciples. And did you notice what the disciples did? Forget that. You, did you say you're leaving? Where, where are you going? Where are you going? Uh, why, why can't I come with you now? You know? And you know what? I have a sneaking suspicion that many of us are just like that. Jesus says to us, love one another. But we hear all the other stuff around. And, and we know he said it. We know it's important. But it's so easy for us to focus on all the other stuff. And the other stuff is important. Where are you going, Jesus? People are cold. People need help. People need to be cared for. i got my family to look after. There's all these things. Lord, you, you, you still can heal me if, I, if I'm sick. All of that. All very important. But in the midst of it, sometimes in the busyness and all of the things around, we lose sight. We forget what Jesus said. A new commandment I'm giving to you. Listen for a moment. Love one another. As I've loved you, that's how you must love one another. Very important. Very important. By this, Jesus says, the whole world, Christians, those who think we're crazy, those who aren't sure, those who are hurting, those who are seeking, those who feel like nobody loves them, the world. By this, the whole world will know that you belong to me, that you're following me, that you're my disciples, if you love one another. If you love one another. Fairly important. Fairly important. We're Pentecostal. And the book of Corinthians was written to a Pentecostal church. A church that received the fullness of the Holy Spirit. That lived in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Gifts that the Holy Spirit uses in the body to build the body up and to help the body so that the body can function in a better way. That's in chapter 12. It talks about the exercise of the gifts, how, how, how they uh, should, should work. Then in chapter 14, he goes on, he talks about the operation of those specific gifts. He lists them in chapter 12. Now in chapter 14, this is how they work. All of the gifts, they should be in order. They should be done decently. This is how they function. And it's also that the body will be built up. But sandwiched between chapter 12 to a Pentecostal church about the gifts of the Spirit and chapter 14 about how they work in the body, you have chapter 13. The famous love chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. The love chapter. It starts out, Wendy's going to read it in a minute. It starts out by saying, you know, I, I've talked to you about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but I want to show you a more excellent way. In other words, this is how it really works. Amen. Chapter 13. If love is so important, if love is what Jesus talks about, and if 
Paul follows it up even in the the use of the the functioning of the church and the use of the Holy Spirit in our lives on a daily basis so we can bless one another. If If there's this focus and emphasis on love in chapter 13, we probably should be fairly familiar with it, shouldn't we? It's probably something we should talk about. And so... We're going to talk about it for a little while. Wendy's going to come and and help me. She's going to read uh, some of the verses uh, and then get back to some of the verses again. So we're going to start reading from verse 1 to verse 3, if you would, please, Wendy. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I'd only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans, and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor, and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. These three verses talk about the necessity of love. He's talking here about some very practical things, isn't he? Speaking language, communicating to other people. Very important. Thank God for it. He's talking here about faith, about being able to use your faith and prophesy and, and, and love people through, through trying to better their lives and all of that thing. He's talking about faith that we should have. He's even talking here about the practical part about giving to the poor, raising money on the coldest night of the year for poor people, for people that are in need. Nece- necessary things, good things, part of our life. But did you notice what he said? There's the necessity of love. You can do all of those things. The world does all of those things. But if you do all of those things and if you don't have love, it means nothing. In other words, there's a necessity of love. You know, some of us are just, we're just like the Ever Ready Bunny. We just, we're just cranked up all the time. We just want to do, do, do. We just want to, you know. And some of us in our Christian faith feel like we've just got to be doing all the time, you know. We don't run out. There's always more to do. Can I just tell you something? The more important part, according to Paul, is that you're doing it in love. That you've got the love of God. Because if you don't have the love of God, you can do it all. And what does he say? It means nothing. When he's going to read from verse 4 to verse 7, the next section. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Here he's talking about not... the necessity of love, but he changes to the practice of love, the quality of love, what your love should look like. There's different parts to it. It's used in different situations towards different people. There's different qualities. It's not just love, but there's different qualities that are involved, inherent in love. And how do you practice that love? It's got to be something that that is given to other people, that flows to other people. And here he's talking about all of those qualities of love, wonderful qualities, 
All the qualities when Wendy reads it, you say, oh, I'd love to have that in me. I'd love to have that in my wife. I'd love to have that in my husband. Don't you think that? These are the qualities. Because if that kind of love is flowing, what a wonderful world it would be. Amen? Amen? Carry on, Wendy, and read the rest of the chapter from verse 8 to the end of 13. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless. But love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete. And even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Thank you, Wendy. The greatest of these is love. What a wonderful thing to have love. Here he's talking about the lifespan of love. Love never fails. In fact, he says love is going to last forever. The things of this world, they're going to pass away. Even the spiritual things. Speaking in tongues, prophecy, all those things that are helping us now. One day when we get to heaven, we won't need that anymore. We need them now because we're still living in this fallen, dark world. We need all the things that God can give us. But one day when we get to heaven, what a wonderful day that's going to be. We won't need all of these earthly things. But you know what? Love will endure. It lasts forever. It always is there. And so Paul is saying, if that's true, and it is true, doesn't it? makes sense that that's the kind of love that we would get into us, that we would live, that we would have in our lives all of the time. Because it lasts forever. That kind of love is going to be with you when you're in heaven with Jesus forever and forever. Now, when I listen to Wendy reading those verses, all about love, the necessity of love, the qualities of love, the lifespan of love. I think to myself, that's great. I like that. But I can't do that. I, I know me too well. I can't let that kind of love be in me. I can't produce that kind of love. I'd like to. I'd like to love people the way that Paul talks about. I'd like that love to have all those wonderful qualities all of the time. But I can't do that by myself. I can't produce that kind of love. I wish I could. My wife, you know, yeah, uh, you know, but I can't do it. Can't do it. I need help. I need help. I need more than what I am because I'm a man. I'm human. And although I understand and although I desire and all that I, I long for and I, I try to do my best, I can't do it by myself. I need help. That's where God comes in. That's where the wonderful love of God comes in. 
And so Jesus helps us to understand that love. And Paul picks it up in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, and he tells us how that love is made possible in my life. We're going to read it in the King James and then in the NIV. In the King James, it says, Romans chapter 5, verse 5, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given to us. I grew up with that. I understand that. The love of God is shed abroad. By the Holy Spirit. The NIV makes it a little easier to understand. He says, God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he's given us. In other words, when you become a Christian, when you ask Jesus into your life, when God allows the Holy Spirit to come and change you and make you, old things pass away, you're born again, everything becomes new. Then it says there that God pours his love into me by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is in me to let me experience the love of God all of the time. I can't produce it. I don't need to produce it. Because God comes and pours his love into my heart. Hallelujah. You could almost get excited about that even if you weren't Pentecostal. Right? Because that's awesome. Think about it. That God would come to little old me, dirt, me, fallen me, and he'd pour his love into my heart and into my life so that the love of God would be inside me. I'd be filled with the love of God. I'd feel his embrace. I'd feel that I'm a child of God, that he cares about me, that it's all going to be okay. Hallelujah. But more than that, when the Lord God pours his love into me, now the love of God is there so that it can flow through me as well. What kind of love does God have? You, you know this. You've heard all these terms before. There's different kinds of love. You know, and when we're celebrating Valentine's Day, we're talking about love between primarily Two people, you know, you love your husband, you love your wife. That's what it's designed for. That's how God made it. Regardless of what the woke world wants to say, God's got a different idea. We're still going with God. How about you? Right? God's there. God made it between a a man and a woman. Praise God. Thankful for that. But God's love, the term is agape love. What is agape love? The best explanation I heard about agape love is that it's one-way love. It's unconditional love. So when I sin or when I do stupid things or willful wrong things, God's one-way unconditional love keeps flowing to me. He still loves me. That blows my mind. How about you? He still loves me. He still loves me. Even when I don't deserve to be loved. Even when I shake my fist in his face sometimes. Even when I say, I just want my inheritance now. I'm going to go off and spend it where I want to. You know what? The agape love of God. The unconditional love of God. The one way love of God. He doesn't love me because I love him back. He doesn't love me if I do all the things he tells me to. He just loves me. Hallelujah. The agape love of God. You can't hold that back. You can't get rid of it. God's love is poured into my heart by the Holy Spirit. And he lets me know that I'm full of the love of God. Hallelujah. 
Man, that's great stuff. That's good news. Because God loves me. So when I fall or I stumble or I, I make stupid judgments and, and, and do things I shouldn't do, people will say, well, if that's the way you're going to be, if you're not going to be my best, I'm not going to be your best friend. Aren't you glad God's one-way love doesn't operate that way? Aren't you glad even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us? Aren't you glad that even when I was dead and far from God, Jesus came to show the love of God? He loved me so much that he died in my place. Wow. That's the good news of the gospel. That's what's changed our lives. That's why the love of God is poured into my life so that I would feel his embrace all of the time. You say, but pastor, I'm so human. Well, you know what? Welcome to the club. We're all human. But the agape, one-way, unconditional love of God pours into me so that I can be 1 Corinthians 13. So that God's love resident in me all the qualities of God's agape, one-way, unconditional love can flow through me. Not because I can produce them, but because God is being so good in me and I let him use my hands and I let him use my mouth and I let him use my feet and I do good things. Why? Because the love of God, agape love, his love is poured into me. So now, I don't have to work at it myself because I'll never get there. But I just need to allow the love of God to constantly fill me. I need that flow of the Holy Spirit every single day, every single moment, so that the love of God comes to love me. Oh, I need the love of God. But I'm so glad that he pours his love into me so that now I can let his love pour through me. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a lot of people in the world that need love. How are they going to experience the love of God unless somebody lives out 1 Corinthians chapter 13? Unless that more excellent way of the love of God now flows through Dean Skinner, flows through Ray Laird, flows through Tony Alves, flows through every single one of us. That's the design of God. He loves us with an everlasting, one-way, unconditional love so that the love of God will be resident within us. It'll be such a part of us. So as I think about that, as I think about the love of God that's, that's now inside me, that I don't earn, that I can't, I can't merit in any way, I just need to make sure that that love that God puts into me is functioning the way that God wants it to. So I, I think, what, what does that mean? How, how does it work in my life? How should it work in our lives as Christians? As people that have received Jesus. And with Jesus, received the agape love of God. Poured by the Holy Spirit into our hearts and lives. Well, the first thing I think of is that that love should be not just spoken, but it should be demonstrated. It should be demonstrated it's not just talking the talk, but it's walking the walk. Don't stop talking the talk, but let your talk match your walk, right? So that it should be demonstrated. The world picks up on hypocritical people. Oh, they say one thing, 
but they don't live it out. That's one of the things that they, that they use so that they don't have to come and find Jesus in a church. Because, you know, the church is full of people. And, and you know what? I discovered that people still are people, right? And, and we still make mistakes. And we still, and some of us, we, 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 we talk better than we walk, right? So it needs to be demonstrated. I, I, I look at one of the greatest verses in the Bible, John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world, full stop period. No. For God so loved the world that he, he gave. He couldn't help it. Love can't help it. Love has to give. Love wants to bless other people. Love wants to pour out on somebody else. Love is put in our hearts so that it, it, it gives to somebody else. You can't have love without expressing it, giving it. You've got to have somebody to love. One of the greatest things about life is to be loved by God and to love somebody else. You've got to receive the love, but you've got to give the love as well. What a powerful thing to be loved and to love. That's life in a nutshell right there. If you find that you've been loved, and if you find that you're able to love somebody else, you're going to have a pretty good time. That's what it's all about. God so loved the world that he gave. He couldn't help it. He just gives because love is giving. It's not just spoken. It's demonstrated all of the time. You think about the story of the Good Samaritan, the parable that Jesus told in Luke chapter 10. Because they said, well, yeah, I hear you, but who's my neighbor really? Remember that? Who's my neighbor? And so Jesus tells the story about the Good Samaritan. Not one of them. Somebody... A little bit of a foreigner. We're not really them and us, you know. And, and so the whole story about the Good Samaritan is about loving God and loving your neighbor. And when the Good Samaritan came along, he found the guy that had been robbed and beaten lying there half dead on the road. And the Good Samaritan came along. And you know what it says? He saw him and he had compassion on him. And he went to him, and he bound up his wounds, and he took him to the innkeeper. We need to be and people. Come on. We need to be and people. Oh, I love God. Hallelujah. Bless God. Well, yeah, and what? And what? And not just and one, basketball people. It needs to be a lot more than that. It needs to be a lot more than that. And we need to demonstrate. And we need to love people. That's why it's so important that, you know, here's a wonderful opportunity with the coldest night of the year for us to be and people. Hallelujah. Let the love of God not just flow into us, but let it flow through us. There's people that desperately need help. And you know what? We have the capacity to love them. Beautiful, beautiful. So glad we can do it. So glad, and it's going to be done. Our church is the hub for Stovall. It's all going to be done sort of from here and to here. It's a powerful thing. It's got to be demonstrated as well. God demonstrates his love towards us. In that while we were yet skinners, I mean, while we were yet sinners, <laughs> God let Jesus come and die for us. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 5. Verse 13 says, my brothers and sisters, you were called to be free. You were called to be free. But don't use your freedom to indulge your sinful nature. Instead, 
by love serve one another. The entire law is summed up in this command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you are got the Holy Spirit living inside, he's brought the love of God to live inside of you, now you're free. Hallelujah. Well, hallelujah, I'm just going to enjoy that. I'm going to use that a little. That's okay. It's okay. We're blessed. We're blessed, we're blessed. Yeah, it's good. Nothing wrong with that. Be blessed. But you know what? Don't use it just on yourself. The world does that. The world does that. Did you watch any programs this week where you saw the, 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 the big and fancy of the world trying to show off how big they are, how much money they got, how, how special they are? You know what? When God pours his love into us, we don't just indulge our human nature. But we're letting the love of God come into us so that we can love other people. So that we can, by love, serve one another. The whole law, the whole law, it says, is summed up in the practice of loving your neighbor as yourself. How do you love God? Well, we see it by how we love our neighbor, by how we love other people. So love has to be not just spoken, but it has to be demonstrated. The second thought I had as we, as, as we thought about this is that God's love, the love that comes inside us, overlooks failures. Jesus, did you notice when Jesus said in John chapter 13, he said, a new commandment I'm giving to you, that you love one another. He didn't put a period or a full stop there. He didn't just go on to say, by this all people will know that you're my disciples. No, there was a, a quality there. A qualifier that he put in there. I'm giving you a new commandment. That you love one another. As I have loved you. That's how you need to love each other. How did Jesus love us? Were we so good? Did we have it all together? Were we without any faults or any failures? Did we ever make any mistakes? Did we ever do some bad things? But Jesus left heaven because we're that way. You see, if we were all so good and didn't need a Savior, Jesus would have stayed in heaven. Jesus came to earth because of sin. Because sin is in this world, and more than that, sin is in you and me. Jesus died because there's sin. Modern religion and theology doesn't want to talk about sin and repentance. We want to just, you know, make it all nice. Jesus died because I'm a sinner. Jesus died because you're a sinner. There's none righteous. No, not one. We're all that way. And I've discovered, even when Jesus comes into my life, the ugly Dean Skinner human nature wants to have its way every once in a while. In fact, more than every once in a while. How about you? Jesus loved us even when we fail. He still loves us. Even when we blow it, even when we do things willfully and against him, he still loves us. 
even when, 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 we, when we don't do what he tells us to do and, and we do stupid stuff, you know what? Still, he loves us. He loves us. Peter denied Jesus, but Jesus still loved him. Thomas said, I, I can't believe it. No, I'm not going to believe it until I can check it out myself. Jesus still loved him. Judas, talk about failure. Jesus still loved him. You know, that's such good news for all of us. Because Jesus loves you. And Jesus loves me. He overlooks our failures. He overlooks all the things, you know, we want to look so perfect. We want everybody to think good about us and love us and, and thinks, think we're just wonderful. But Jesus knows better because he knows the real us. When you come to church, you don't come and find perfect people in church. You find people that have been loved by Jesus and that had their sins washed away. Hopefully you find people that are letting the love of Jesus flow through them, that they're better, that we are, we're not living the way that we did before, that we've changed, right? That should be the way it is. That, that the love of God should make a difference in our life. But if you're looking for perfect people, well, wait till you get to heaven. You, you, you'll be in luck. But until then, you're going to discover that there's faults and there's failures. That's why we need to forgive one another. That's why we need to love people. That's why we need to come alongside when they've fallen or when they're, they're beaten up and robbed by the world and lying half dead on the side of the road. We need to come alongside and have compassion and bind them up and take them to the, to the doctor and, take them to the, and use our own money on and on and on. Because God's kind of love overlooks failures. The third thing that I want to mention to you and close with this today is God's love has to be kept. God's love has to be kept. In other words, there's a danger of me losing it. There's a danger of me losing it. I, I read about it in the scripture quite a lot. That God pours his love into me. God doesn't stop loving me. God doesn't take his love away from me. It's up to me. It's up to me. Am I going to keep that love? Am I going to let the love of God be shed abroad? That's why I like that. Be shed abroad in my heart. Be filling me up. Not just poured in, but fill my whole heart and my whole life up. And you know what? Jesus said when he was talking about the end times in Matthew chapter 14, verse 12, he said, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of many will grow cold. He's talking about the last days of human existence on the earth. Before we go to heaven. Before this time comes to an end. And we spend eternity in heaven with Jesus. He says, because of the increase of wickedness. Some of the people who had the full love of God living inside them and were enjoying it. It's going to grow cold. Now think about it for a moment. What does, that, what, what, what does that tell me? It means that I'm affected by some of the stuff around me. It means that I know I'm living in this world. I know I'm not part of it. I'm in the world. But the things of this world have an effect upon me. And I still want the things of the world. I want, I want the approval of people. 
And I, want, and, and I want blessing, and I want good things, and I want, I want everybody to like me, and I want to get ahead, and I want to have leisure, and I want, you know, and because of the increase of wickedness, we get some of that slopped on us as well. And Jesus says, because you're in the world, because you're not fully focused on me, it's possible for your love to grow cold. For you not to love the way that you loved before. He, he talks about it again in Revelation. The book of Revelation when he's writing to the churches. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 4. He's talking to people that know him. He's talking to Christians here. This is to the church at Ephesus. And he says, I know your work and I know your doctrine. And they're commendable. You're right on. You've got it right. Everything going good. But then you get to verse 4. And he says, but I've got one thing against you. You, you, you. Hold the, I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at the first. The King James says, you've forsaken your first love. The love that you had when you first came into a relationship with God as your father. The love that God poured into you when Jesus came in and removed your sin and filled you with his presence and his love and his power. You, you, you've lost that. You still believe good. You still practice good. You're still functioning in the organization at a good clip. Wonderful. Nothing wrong with that. But it's possible, apparently, for that love inside to get cold, for it to get mechanical, for it to get ho hum. I'm used to it. For the passion that you had, for the fire that burned with the presence of Jesus inside to slowly dwindle so that after a while, you're not passionate for Jesus. You're not living the full extent of the love of God. You're not allowing God to fill you with his presence. You're not letting him flow through you like you once did. You still love him. You're still on your way to heaven. You still got good doctrine. You're still ushering. You're still on the worship team. You're still preaching the gospel. But you don't have the love. Because we're in danger of losing the love. We're not keeping it. We're in danger of losing it. Now I understand that we go through as human beings, you know, cycles. I understand that uh, things are a little bit different than they were before. I understand that it's hard to be on fire all the time. I understand that, you know, think life comes against us and all the pressures and all the problems and all the things that are happening in our life at different stages has an effect on us. But I think what Jesus is trying to remind us here is that the love of God that pours into our hearts is the love of God that should flow through us all of the time. Our badge of identification, Jesus says, is the love that you have. Can I ask 
And as I point a finger at you, how many fingers are coming back at me? Can I ask you today, is the love of God on fire in you today? Do you love God the way that you did when you first met him? When you were head over heels in love? When you couldn't help it? When all you wanted to do was be with him? Or has the love, because of the pressures of life, because of the wickedness around, because of all the things that are going on, because they don't do it the way I want them to, because it's not my style, because of, you know the temperature's not right, and da 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 Danger of losing the love of God that's poured into our hearts. See, the Holy Spirit pours His love into us. The Holy Spirit's resident within us. He wants to fill us up with the love of God. And so my challenge to me and to you and to all of us, whether you're sitting here or whether you're watching online, is that Jesus said, the whole world will know that you're my disciple by love. By whether the love of God is in you. In other words, my badge of identification is not how well I sing, not how loud I sing, not how often my hands are lifted. All very powerful, good stuff. Have you heard me the last few weeks talk about it? Very, very important. But the badge of my relationship with God is whether I love God and love my neighbor and love the people around me. That's my badge of identification. That's how the world can tell. In fact, if that's how the world can tell, that's probably how God can tell. So as we close today, and before the worship team come and close with a beautiful hymn today, as the world is celebrating and talking about love, I want to make sure that the love of God is full inside me. I want to make sure that God pours His love into me ongoing every day that I'm just filled to overflowing I want to make sure that when people see me and they look at me and they hear me and they analyze what life is about they see that wow something different there's love there there's love there that the badge that I wear brings glory to Jesus that all of us, that as we operate in our lives, we're doing it in love. It's wonderful to go out in the cold and walk and raise money. But you know what? They'll always be poor, Jesus said. They'll always be, if you live in Canada, cold people. They'll always be there. Oh, well, let's not do anything about it. No, the love of God inside us, we can't help it. You can't help it. You've got to love them. You've got to love them with the love of Jesus. Because as we raise the money and as we give it, we're saying, Jesus, somehow when they're getting some food and they're getting some heat and they're getting some mittens and they're getting some blankets, may your love pour to them. May they experience the things that we've experienced. May they know that there's a God in heaven who cares about every detail of my life and he wants to come and embrace me and draw me to his heart so that I'm his child. That's our cry. That's why we do it. So that people will know the love of God that the world can't give to them. That only God can do. So would you close your eyes for a few moments?
The worship team is going to come and sing in a minute. As we pray today, I want to pray, Lord, please pour that one-way unconditional love into me in a greater way today. Pour a fresh flow from heaven into my being, into my soul, into my spirit. Let me be filled to overflowing with your love. Let your love not just be consumed on me. Let your love not just be used by me. But I want your love to flow through me. To touch my spouse. To touch my children. To touch my parents. To touch everybody that I come in contact with. That the love of God will flow through me in a greater way. Would you stand and would you let me pray with you? Would you pray this with me as we pray together? Heavenly Father, we're coming to you today thankful for your great love to us, overwhelmed by how much you love us. But Lord, today on this special day of love, we ask again that you'll pour your love into us. Thank you for that. Thank you that you desire to fill us up with your presence and your power. You want your unconditional one-way love to impact me and to embrace me and to fill me to overflowing that I'll know the love of God that passes human understanding, that transcends anything the world can give. Thank you, Lord God, for your love that you pour into me. I can't live without it. I don't want to live without it. I need your presence. I need your power. I need all that you are in me every moment, every day, all the time. I want you to be living inside me. Jesus, thank you that you are the embodiment of love. You are love incarnate. Take up residence again on the throne of my heart. Come and live inside me. Come and fill me to overflowing with all of the good things that God has prepared for me in my life, in my day. And Lord, as we, as we do that, I pray today that you will pour your love through us. That our hands will be hands of God. The hands of Jesus, hands that love. I pray that our feet will be the feet of Jesus, feet that love. I pray that our mouths will be mouths that speak love, love people around us. Show the love that's living inside us, that we'll pour it out. When people come in contact with us, when they see us, when, they, when they're around us, at work, at school, in the community, wherever we are, may they see Jesus alive. May the love of God flow through us. All of the time, I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, we're praying for the people that are close to us, our family, our neighbors, the ones in our school, the ones we work with, the people of our community. We're asking you today, oh God, that as you come and you would love them, would you love them through me? Would you love them through us? Would you pour out your love in a greater way all across Stovall, all across Ontario, all across Canada? Oh God, we need your love. We need you. Without you, our world is so dark and dying. But God, you love us. And because of that, we ask that you will pour it into us, into every Christian. And as you pour it out, oh God, that you will pour it out so that people around us will see the love and the goodness of God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, before we sing. 
Thanks for listening to the Stouffville Pentecostal Church audio podcast. For more information about Stouffville Pentecostal Church, please visit our website at www.spcfamily.ca. Have a great week.